0: Happy Mother's Day to all the moms in the room. We celebrate you, celebrate all the ladies here today. My wife, Erica, is up here. She's a mom. We celebrate you today as well. And I've asked her to tag team with me on this message today. I'm just telling you, you're in for a treat. Would you welcome her? Let her know you're excited for her to be up here. She's so talented. She writes books. And then she drew that drawing, that painting that was given out today. She did that. Isn't that, I mean, just like, wow, it's a gift for you. So, uh, and then today to help bring the Word of God, and so we do appreciate you so much. And my mom is watching, so I'm going to look directly at the... Camera, it's the best I can do, Mom, if you would look me in my eyes, because 11 hours distance, this is as good as it's going to get. And I just want you to know, happy Mother's Day. I'm so grateful that you made me, based off of what Erica said earlier, I'm so grateful that you made me take showers when I was in middle school so that I didn't smell like corn chips. So uh, I love you. Happy Mother's Day to you and uh, anyway well I, before we dive into the message I want to take just a moment Pastor Fisher standing back there he's training Andy Mummify a young man on a camera angle wow. this morning that's what it's all about. Raising up the next generation, He's our, Pastor Fisher is our production pastor as well as the director of our School of Arts, which just launched in October. Over 100 students, 16 instructors, and yesterday was their very first ever School of Arts Summer Showcase. And it didn't even highlight all of the students who have been taking lessons, but I'm telling you, it was phenomenal. Pastor Fisher, you and your team did a next-level job yesterday. We honor you, celebrate you. If you didn't make it yesterday, I would encourage you next year when you hear about the summer showcase, even if you don't have a a student involved or you're not a student of the School of Arts, I'd encourage you to come. It was a blast yesterday uh, to see that and just to see these kids. Uh, And man, what? It was just, it was fun. So you don't want to miss it next year. Well, we've been in a series over the past few weeks called Counterfeit. The internet is flooded with counterfeit goods. These are goods that are made to look like the real thing and the authentic, but they're not the real thing or the authentic, they're counterfeit. People purchase the counterfeit because they want to look like they have the authentic. They want to look like they have the real thing, but they don't want to pay the price for the real thing. And it's not just with material things that people settle for the counterfeit. Think about relationships or connections. Right now, so many people spend hours on social media connected to literally hundreds of millions of people, and yet statistics would tell us that people are lonelier than they've ever been. Counterfeit connection, counterfeit relationships. Think about intimacy, that some spouses would rather view pornography than do the work to be intimate with their spouse. Think about the number of people who are living with people who are not their spouse, cohabitating. It may look like marriage, but it's not the real thing. It's a counterfeit. Think about the number of final assignments in the last couple of weeks that have been turned in by students using chat GPT. It's a counterfeit. It's not the real thing. And people settle for the counterfeit because they want to look like they have the real thing but not pay the price for it. Can I encourage all of us this morning to not settle for the counterfeit? We've looked at some spiritual principles over the past few weeks that have challenged us not to settle for the counterfeit. A few weeks ago, we talked about how Paul was in prison. The church was facing opposition and hostility from the outside. In addition there were two female ministers that were at it, at each other's throats and it's very public and Paul's writing this letter saying would y'all please help them to get along and he's saying to them would y'all please get along. And in the midst of all of this while he's in prison he pins these words rejoice in the Lord always and again I say rejoice. rejoice. How in the world could he write those words? In those circumstances. He was able to write those words because his joy was not tied to his circumstances. Instead, it was tied to his relationship with God. A couple of Sundays ago, Pastor Glenn Reynolds came and preached a message called Surviving the Very Worst. If you missed that message, I would encourage you to listen online. Find us at crosspointwaverly.com, Facebook, YouTube, or listen on Spotify. He would not have been able to survive, and his faith would not have been able to survive what he went through had it, if he had a counterfeit faith. Last week, we talked about that with our faith, we can make excuses or we can make progress, but we can't make both. We looked at the parable of this great banquet and how people made lame excuses as to why they couldn't be there. They made other things their priority, and, and at the end of this passage, we're given a stark warning by Jesus that those who refuse his invitation will not eat at his table. This morning, we're going to look at the idea that true joy is not found in our family or family traditions, but instead in God.
1: Yes. So today, in honor of moms, we're going to tackle a few lies that culture tells us um, And hold those things up to God's word to make sure that the things we're patterning our lives after conform to what He says that He wants for us, not just what we want. That we're chasing after the real thing, not a counterfeit. That the world will tell us will satisfy us, but will ultimately just leave us feeling empty. So let's dive in. Culture encourages us to make family and our kids an idol that it's okay, or more than okay, actually, that it's the right thing to do to make our kids or family the most important thing in our lives. But there's actually a couple of issues with that. One, God tells us for our own good, and because nothing else deserves his place in our lives, that we're not supposed to put anything, even good things, before him. Jesus gave us the order in which everything works out the way it should in response to a question from someone in Matthew chapter 22, verse 36. They asked him, teacher, which is the most important commandment in the law of Moses? And in verse 37, Jesus replied, you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. A second is equally important. Love your neighbor as yourself. The order in which he shared these things was no accident because when we love God wholeheartedly, it becomes infinitely easier to love others well and properly.
0: So good. I shared in the message last week a quote from Wiersbe in the context of the excuses that people were making as to why they couldn't attend the banquet that Jesus invited everyone to. And these are his words. He said... But if these good things keep you from enjoying the best things, then they become bad things. If these good things keep you from enjoying the best things, then they become bad things. And if we're not careful, then good things can receive misplaced affection and become idols that we worship or counterfeits we think will bring us the satisfaction that only God can bring. One of those really good things is our immediate family. And you'll hear some people say things like like this, God, family, family country, work, right? They, they'll have this mantra or this list that they recite. And for some, those, for there are some of you this morning who are like, well, I've never even thought about that. I've never thought about ordering the different things in my life and what order that they should fall in. Well, we're going to propose to you this morning that God would be at the top of every list of every person in this room at all times, <laughs> every time, right? Uh, but uh, Paul writes in Philippians chapter one, verse 21, for to me, to live as Christ and to die is, gra- is gain. For me to live as Christ and to die is gain. Christ should be our everything. Our love for him should be so great that there's not even a close second. The parable of the banquet that we looked at last week found in Luke chapter 14, right after that parable, Jesus says these words, if anyone comes to me, And does not hate his own father, verse 26, if anyone comes to me and does not hate his own father and mother and wife and children and brothers and sisters, yes, and even his own life, he cannot be my disciple. Whoever does not bear his own cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. Some of you are like, I thought Jesus was all about love. And here we're reading this verse this morning that says, I need to hate my mom on Mother's Day and I need to hate the rest of my family. And if I don't hate all these people, then I can't be his disciple. And sadly, some of you this morning are like, now that's a verse I can follow. (laughs) I hope that by the end of this service today that that changes, right? Like that there would be love that would fill your heart, a love for God and a love for those who are created in his image. Jesus isn't encouraging us to hate our family members. In fact, as we look at verses, we've got to look at the entire con- look at the verse in the entire context of the Bible. And in this passage, what Jesus is telling us is that our loyalty and our love and our affection to him should be so great that in comparison to our love for our family that it looks like our love for our family would be hate. And as much as I love my family, genuinely do my loyalty and my love and affection for Jesus needs to be even greater. And so as we list off these things, these mantras and sayings that have become popular slogans and t-shirt taglines, what's being said is in regards to our priority. And again, for some, that would be God first, and then some order of family, work, or, or country. But in that list, there should not be a close second. I would imagine that if we did an assessment in this room this morning over the past couple of years and collected the data as to truly what our priorities are, I wonder how many of us truly would have God at the top of that list. For some, the order would be country, and then family, and then work, or God. And Paul reminds us in Philippians chapter 3, verse number 20, that our citizenship is in heaven. He says, our citizenship is in heaven, and from it we await a Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. As great as our country is, and it's amazing, I love our country, our allegiance and loyalty must first go to God's kingdom. I'm going to say it again. It's a great place to say amen. As great as our country is, our allegiance and loyalty must first go to God's kingdom. And for some, America, our country, has taken the ultimate allegiance and loyalty eclipsing even their loyalty and allegiance to God doesn't take long we can look no further than politics it's all that some people talk about it's how they weed out relationships if they don't agree politically then they'll write off entire relationships some of them were even lifelong friendships and life-giving friendships or family relationships but yet these political opinions or disordered love of country have torn apart families And in the order of politics or country first, then everything suffers. The country suffers, families suffer, church suffers, everyone suffers. For some of you, as you look at that list, maybe God's not at the top, but you're like, well, family's at the top, and at least that's noble. And if my family's at the top of my priority list, then at least my family will be okay. And I just want to say to that, who says? Right, because here's what we see in the Word of God, that when anything is elevated above God, everything and everyone suffers. When anything is elevated above God, everyone and everything suffers. The one thing that should bring about the greatest unity and satisfaction in a believer's household is when God is prioritized above all else. And when Jesus is first in our lives, it should enhance our relationship with others. We should be better husbands, we should be better wives, we should be better fathers, better mothers, brother, better uncles, better brothers, whatever that familial uh, title or relationship is, as we love Jesus, we should excel and be better in those areas. Jesus challenges his followers not to prioritize their lives around the family first and foremost, but instead around God. In Luke chapter 8, verse number 19, it says, Then his mother, talking about Jesus' mother and his brothers, came to him, but they could not reach him because of the crowd. And he was told, your mother and your brothers are standing outside desiring to see you. But he answered them, my mother and my brothers are those who hear the word of God and do it.
1: Wondering if this is really that big of a deal. And it really is. First and foremost, because our ultimate goal should be to obey and please the Lord. And he tells us in black and white in the Ten Commandments that it's not okay to put anything before him. But there's also a super practical way that this plays out and proves that God's way is better. If my ultimate source of joy and fulfillment is in my kids and our little family of four, I'm about to be wrecked, (laughs) y'all. Our kids are getting super close to leaving our house. We're (laughs) 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 We're about to be empty nesters. For the first time in 19 years, and if I've elevated my kids to a position that they were never meant to have, what's going to happen when they leave? My whole world is going to crumble,
0: and I'm going to (laughs) party. No, I'm going to party, you know, like to think about this, like when our kids leave, you know what's going to happen? Keypads are going to be changed Blinds are going to be closed, and I'm going to get to remember what it was like to walk around in my house in my underwear. We're going to throw a party.
1: Okay. Some of us are very excited. All right. (laughs) Moving along. (laughs) Okay. But watch what happens if Jesus is first. I can release my kids with joy into adulthood, knowing that they were never mine anyways, that they've always belonged to God. We talk about this every time we dedicate a baby here. We're just caretakers and guides that get to point them towards Jesus, and then we get to release them into the world and trust that they're in the best hands, which, by the way, are not ours. (laughs) Um, Some of you are parents of little ones right now, and you need to start preparing now for the day when they're going to leave you you need to make sure that they haven't become the center of your world because only Jesus should have that place. If your kids have taken his place, a day is coming when your world is gonna be completely rocked and knocked off of its axis. But Jesus has a better way, a way of replacing the counterfeit and lies that the world tells us about parenting. And it starts by putting him in his proper place in our lives and modeling that to our kids. If you're not a parent in the room, you might be thinking, I'm off the hook. I don't have any rugrats that are taking the Lord's place in my life. (laughs) Um, And we are picking on parents today. What a nice Mother's Day gift, right? (laughs) It actually really is. If you put this into practice, it's so good. But this message is actually applicable to all of us in any relationship that we find ourselves in. Every member of our family thrives when we do things God's way. But this is not easy to accomplish. Everything in our culture tells us to do things our way. Anytime that we look to something else, whether it's our kids, our spouse, our job, or up some other kind of marker for success and joy and our fulfillment, it ultimately lets us down because those things were never meant to carry that kind of weight in our lives. That's why we have to root out any messages we get from the culture and hold them up against the word of God and throw out anything that doesn't line up with what we find there. One of these messages that the world tells us is that we're gonna find our ultimate joy and purpose in motherhood and parenting. I learned this one the hard way, y'all. All I ever really wanted to be was a mom. As a little girl, I dreamt about being a mom and driving a blue convertible. I don't know. It was just it was my dream. <laughs> Looking at it as an adult, I'm like, those seem like mutually exclusive dreams. I don't, I don't know about that one. Because when I became a mom, all I wanted was a minivan. Yes, yes. I am officially so uncool. Oh, baby, you're cool. Because I loved the minivan. You could not have paid me money to put two kids in car seats in a convertible. (laughs) No thank you. (laughs) When the kids were two and four, we lived in India. And I'm just going to tell you that the only thing that I did on a daily basis while we lived there was take care of the kids. I essentially got this dream. I was... I was a mom, like I was living the dream, but I wasn't fulfilled. Don't get me wrong, I love motherhood, I love being a mom, I, I still love it, I'm going to be honest, I love some seasons more than others, <laughs> but there's always been this hole that motherhood just did not fill, it's a part of me that's meant to be filled by God. But I tried to fill it with my kids and motherhood, but it didn't give me the joy and peace that I thought that it would. Which leads us nicely to the next lie or counterfeit that the world tries to tell us. Having kids will lead to peace and security. (laughs) Kids, they're so peaceful, right?
0: Well, there were some people who laughed at that. Uh, This (laughs) this room is wise. Uh, When couples come to any of our staff for premarital counseling... We use a resource called Prepare Enrich, and it's an assessment that they take individually, and then it gives us the results to tell us that there are some strength areas and some growth areas. And all of you who are married in here know that uh, that husbands have plenty of growth areas. You like that one? That's good. Um, and so, in this in this assessment, there are these statements that people have to have to mark strongly disagree to strongly agree. You know, that's the scale of that. And one of the statements is this statement that they have to respond to, strongly disagree or strongly agree. And it says, if we were to have problems as a couple, having children could help improve our relationship. For a lot of the statements, there is no right or wrong answer. But this one has a wrong answer and a right answer. And I'll just, I'm just going to trust that this room knows how should we respond to that. If a couple is having problems, adding a kid to that is going to help the situation. Strongly agree or strongly? Y'all are wise. If you're having problems, adding kids to your dysfunction is not going to improve anything. And maybe some of you are like, too late. Well, then today let's cry out to God and let's ask for his mercy. And let's ask for strength to help that with the the covenant vows that you've made to one another to your spouse that God would help you honor those and create a place of peace and unity for this kid to to live in.
1: Yes, ironically making my kids the center of my world this should not have come as a surprise to me but it did led me to a terrible season of almost crippling anxiety where I looked to my own strength and solutions to parent and keep my kids safe instead of looking to God and trusting him. Parenting is a high and holy calling, but it's not the high and holy calling. Loving Jesus first and with your whole heart is the highest calling. We've talked a lot today about putting Jesus first, but you might be wondering, what does that look like practically? Well, here's one example. When was the last time you prayed about your schedule or your kids' schedules and ask the Lord if he's pleased with them and if they honor him and prove that he's first. And I would add that you prayed about it and then with the intention of listening (laughs) to what he said.
0: Sure. Yet I would imagine there are some of you who are like, have you seen my schedule? Like, how in the world do I even have time to pray about if God is pleased with my schedule? Well, if that's the case, then God's probably not pleased uh, with your schedule. He's, uh, He's created us to have Sabbath and to have rest. And so it's a good point. Pray about your schedule and with the intent to listen. The things of this world that we so often turn to for satisfaction, food, work, clothing, and family are not as important as the kingdom of God. And Jesus shows us that the kingdom of God comes first before everything. And when we get that in order, only then can we truly enjoy the benefits of our family and the material blessings in a way that God intended for us to enjoy them. In Matthew chapter 6, verse number 25, it says, Therefore I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you'll eat or what you'll drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air, they neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. This has been a hope-filled Mother's Day message. So many of you are getting this stuff right. You're like, obviously, Jesus has been my top priority, and there's not been a close second. And I just want to encourage you that for the rest of your life, at all times, every time, to let God be your priority. And as important as those other things are, if you're asking me how I'm going to structure my list, it's clearly going to be God at the top and then family second. That's the priority list that I would encourage all of you to have, and then however you line up the rest of that stuff, I, I would, that's up to you. But even with our families, as good as it is, like our commitment to God has to be even stronger and even greater. Maybe there are some of you today who were confronted with some truth that maybe isn't part of your life, and you want it to be. Today can be your day. This can be the most memorable mother say service that you've ever been to as you ex- as, as you choose to put God in his proper place of your life. God's way truly is better. He's better than anything else. And here's what I'll say in a world filled with counterfeits, the authentic looks and is so much better. Let's not settle for the counterfeit let's go for the real. let's go for the authentic. I'm gonna ask that you would bow your heads and close your eyes all across this room. Maybe there are some of you in here today, you don't have a relationship with Jesus and you say, today I wanna to become a follower of him. Maybe there are others of you who at one time walked with God, but you've turned your back on him. And you say, today I need to see my relationship restored back to him. In just a moment with every head bowed and every eye closed, if that's you, you say, I need to ask Jesus to come into my life and be my savior and forgive me of my sins. Or you say, I need to see my relationship restored back to him. When I count to three, why don't you slip up your hands all across this room? One, two, three. Lift them up all across this room. Thank you, I see that hand. Are there others this morning? Thank you, God. Let's all stand. There was at least one hand that went up this morning of someone who needs to ask Jesus to come into their life for the very first time. Or see their relationship restored back to him. Here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to lead us in a prayer. And if you raise your hand, I want you to repeat it after me and mean it with everything that's within you. But know that you won't be praying this prayer alone, but that each of us in support of you will also be praying. Let's pray. Say, Dear Heavenly Father, thank you so much for sending your son Jesus to die on the cross for me. I admit that I'm a sinner, I admit that I've messed up. This morning I ask for your forgiveness. Come and give me a fresh start be my Savior, be my King, take over every area, take over every aspect, and help me from this day forward to live for you with all of my heart, with all of my soul, with all of my mind, with all of my strength. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's give God praise for what he's done this morning. If you prayed that prayer, we'd ask that you would text the word yes to 319-250-8998. Again, text the word yes to 319-250-8998. We would encourage you in the decision that you've made today and the journey that God wants to take you on. We leave time at the end of each of our services for people to receive prayer. In just a moment, the prayer team is going to come to both sides of the stage. The worship team is going to lead us in another song. And I'd encourage you, if you've come here today needing prayer for anything, to step out of your seat and come forward for prayer. At the end of second service, I ran into a man in the hallway, and he said, I came here this morning because my wife loves this church. And even though I had a horrible migraine and was suffering from double vision, I didn't want Uh, for her to miss out today. And so he said, I pushed through. And he said, this man walked up to me in the church this morning and prayed for me. And he said, the double vision is gone. Come on, somebody. So maybe for some of you today, you need a, a physical healing to your body. I would encourage you in a moment, step out of your seat and come forward for prayer. Erica talked about how today can be a difficult day for some ladies in this room for a variety of reasons. And I would just encourage you that if today is a difficult day for you, step out of your seat. Let someone pray for you today. Let the Holy Spirit bring healing to some wounds and touch your life today. I'm gonna lead us in prayer. Prayer team's gonna make their way up to the front. Worship team's gonna lead us in a song and I'd encourage you to step out of your seat and come forward. God, we thank you so much for your word. Lord, we thank you for the instructions that it gives us, that if we'll follow your word, if we'll follow the instructions you've given to us, that you'll bless us. And so Lord, I, I pray that today all of us would make a commitment to elevate you to the rightful place in our life. Lord, that as good as other things are, that nothing would be a close second to our love and our affection and our loyalty to you. God, this morning for those where you've not been at the top of that list, I pray that true repentance would take place today. Not just a I'm sorry, Lord, but instead forgive me, Lord, and then give me the strength to place you at the right place where you need to be and turn away from idolizing or elevating any other idol in their life. Lord, I pray that as we follow your word, as we live out this high calling that you've given to us as sons and daughters of you, That you would bless us, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for joining us. We hope that this message was inspiring and encouraging. For more information about this message or about all things Crosspoint, check out our Facebook and head to our website at www.crosspointwaverly.com.